hear me? Yes, let's give the, let's come on, let's give God a hand clap, man. For the things, we thank you. We thank you for the Lord. God, we thank you. We thank you that we can be here this, this evening. God, we thank you. We don't take it lightly. Sometimes the enemy, even me, the enemy just tells me, you're just going to a church service. But how many of you know that even with the woman of the issue with blood, she just touched the hem of his garment and it changed his life. If we could come in here today and just get a touch, it can change the rest of our lives. And we thank you, God, for all that you're going to do, Lord. We thank you. In Jesus' mighty name, and everybody say amen. Look, church, give the worship team a hand. Thank you so much. Jen, thank you, Jen, thanks for that word. That was excellent. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, man, we're going to get into it. We're going to get into it. Yes. But before I do, listen, I just want to thank, if I haven't met you, my name's James, just, just a servant of the Lord, like everybody else here. Um, and uh, and it's an honor to come up here. Pastor Gary, Miss Kim, I've known you for, for years and years. Just thank you for your longevity in this city, and I say this all the time, because I, I, I didn't start here at Evangel. I met this couple 20 years ago, and the things that they do in this community that you don't see, man, give them a hand clap, man. It's amazing, amazing, amazing. Pastor Jordan, your leadership, your leadership, I always say this to you, and I'm gonna say it loud. I said, you're, you're, you're smart enough to lead, but you're humble enough to listen. And that's what I love about this guy. And the staff, and I wanna go out there and just say, because we have a, an admin staff, they make me look good, man. I'm still working the printer and how there's paper getting stuck. I don't even know what door to open. So Miss Joanne, Miss Janice, Miss Sharon, oh my goodness, Tabitha, Rebecca, Carol, Miss Rhonda, and even you too, Miss Kay. We thank you for all that you do and all that you do. And my man, Sean, in the back listening. I, I, you hear me, Sean? I got you. Just want to welcome online. Online, thank you for uh, listening. Uh, church, let's uh, respond. Let's give online a hand clap. Thank you for being here. Online, let me hear you say God is good online. I can hear him, amen, amen, amen. Well, I just wanna share a message with you. This is my life, what I'm about to tell you. This is my life, and so if you have your Bibles, go to 2 Timothy verses one, or chapter one, verses five and six. Paul's in jail writing this. He's in jail writing this to Timothy. And uh, as he's in jail, he wants to re remind him Timothy, it's in you, it's in you, <laughs> because it was in your mother and your grandmother. How many of you know that there are some kids that are still out there that aren't coming back to church, that we think aren't coming back to church? I'm gonna tell you, it's in them still. It's still in them. And let me read this, watch this. When I call to the remembrance, the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I, persuaded, I, per, and I am persuaded is in you also, Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. I need you to stay with me, church, because the title of this message is called Drug Babies. You heard me? It's Drug Babies. And do we have the title? Do we have the title up there? Drug Babies. Well, I don't know if we have it, but I spelt it J-R-U-G. I didn't spell it wrong. It's J-R-U-G, drug babies. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I thank you for this message, God. I pray that I will continue to decrease you and your word will increase. Father, I thank you for all of us who've come back to you, Lord Jesus. We might have had a journey, but we come back to you, Father. 
And Lord Jesus, you are so good that you say that when we confess our sins before you, it's as far away as the east is to the west. And so we thank you, God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Second Timothy, when I call the remembrance of the genuine faith that is in you, it's dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, I am persuaded it is also in you. My first point, God honors the generations. He honors the generations. God is a generational God. What do I mean? Look at this. This is Exodus chapter 3, verse 15. This is when Moses is at the burning bush, and God says, go tell the people, and go tell the leaders, and tell you and Aaron, go and tell. And Moses is like, well, who, must, who should I tell them that's going? And this is what God says. Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, the Lord of God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me. And I talked about this before, but I find it fascinating. He said the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Have you read, have you read Jacob? Do you know what this guy's done? Jacob is a deceiver. He's a liar from birth. He's a deceiver. He put on some, some animal skins and, and tricked his dad into thinking that he was his brother, and the dad gave him the, the, um, his, the birthright. Then he goes to the brother, and he's finagling with the brother and food and trading food and everything to, to get his birthright. He is a deceiver. He's deceiving. He's messing up the family business. He's deceiving. But God still says, I'm the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. That's like somebody coming up to you and saying, hey, let me introduce you. I'm the son of Charles Manson. I'm the daughter of, of, of uh, Osama bin Laden. I'm the nephew of Adolf Hitler. I'm the, the, the grandson of Saddam Hussein. I don't care how spiritual you are, when you hear those names, things start spinning in your head. They start spinning in your head. But God changed Jacob's name to Israel, but he didn't say I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. He said, I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And you know what that told me? That told me God understands. Man, I know you're gonna mess up. I know it's gonna be bad. I know they're gonna things will be crazy. But here's why he said Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Because in Isaiah chapter 46, verse 10, it says, I am the God that declares the end from the beginning. See, what we do is we watch the beginning and try to figure out at the end. When God's like, I'm different. I start with the end and I work it back to the beginning. So what God is really saying is that I have some people who it may not look right right now, but I know how it's gonna finish. That's why he said you're the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And it was crazy, because I couldn't figure out why he wanted to use Jacob. But I believe he wanted to use Jacob because he wanted to let everybody else know, if you think you're crazy, look at Jacob, and I'm still his God, and I wanna be your God as well. And it doesn't matter what you do, but you got to come to me in spirit and truth. I know that you had sex outside of marriage. I know that you're strung out on something. I know that you cheated on your taxes. I know that there was times that you turned your back on me, but I am not going to turn my back on you because I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And there's some of us in here who had mothers and grandmothers who prayed for us, for us to be in church, even when we we're out there in the world and it was looking crazy. And God's like, I still honor generations. That's why I'm going to continue continue to put people in your lives or your children's lives or your nieces and nephews lives who are out there looking crazy I'm gonna continue to put people in their lives I know that they're strung out on something but I'm gonna put people in their lives I know they're doing wrong but I'm gonna put people in their lives because I honor the prayers of Lewis and Eunice and your mother and your grandmother and I honor that that's why I'm the God of Abraham the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob and I like to say this about some of our kids and even me I'm not where I want to be Thank God I'm not where I used to be. Amen? 
I'll say it again if you're taking notes. I am not where I want to be because we'll never be where we want to be until we meet with Christ. But I'm not where I used to be. Amen? Let me go to the second one. Second Timothy. When I call remembrance to the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt in your grandmother and in your mother Lois, I'm persuaded is in you also. My second point is rooted in the word. Rooted in the word. Psalms chapter 92 verse 13. Those who are planted, everyone say planted. Say it again, planted. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. What does planet mean? This is what planet means. Planet means placed or fixed in a specific position. Placed or fixed in a specific position. See, there are some of us, check it out, we're planted, but in order to flourish, you gotta do something. Let me say it again. You can be planted, but in order to flourish, you have to do something. Maybe you'll understand it this way. I can put seed in the ground, but if I'm not watering it every day, it will not grow. See, if I plant it, there's something that I have to do. Plant it in the house of the Lord. And I'm telling you, there are some of us that we have kids and we have children who've watched us go to VBS or they've been at VBS, watched you praying over them. I had my mom used to pray over me. I would be in the bed, laying in the bed, getting home at 2.30, 3 o'clock, running around with some crazy guys. And she would come in my room and take anointing oil before she left to go to church. And she would put it on my feet and put it on my head. And she would say, you're called out. And I used to look at her and say, are you kidding me? Me? I'm called out? And she just kept praying it. And she would do it every morning. She would just pray, you're called out. Because I remember the days when she used to pray. I remember the days that she would bring people over to the house and the food that she had, she gave it to them. I remember the days when I told my friends, this is what I'm wearing the first day of school and somebody down the street needed clothes. And she took what I wanted to wear on the first day of school and gave it to them. You don't think I was heated? I was heated. Understand it now. See, because watch this. For some of us who have kids and everything out there, it's, 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 it's rooted in them. It's planted in them. It just hasn't flourished yet, flourished yet. See, because some of our kids, watch this. Church may not be rooted in them, but they're still rooted in the church because of the prayers of Lois and Eunice and you and grandmother and grandfather and people at this church. They're still rooted. It may not come to fruition, but they're still planted in the house of the Lord. Can I get an amen? And watch this. Now, here's where all this came from. This was good. I was cutting grass. Yes, another story about me cutting grass. So I was cutting grass one day, and in the, after I cut it, <laughs> I'm thinking about the last time I was talking about grass when I took the scissors out. I still do that. But um, in the crevices were the dandelions, and I kept pulling them out and weed whacking them out. And I would go out there, and I, I'm telling you, I literally was like, my goodness. Every time I cut these dandelions, I think more of them grow back. And I'm telling you, God spoke to me, and I didn't hear it much, but I heard this. And he said to me, he said, son, here's what you understand. You will never kill those dandelions unless you get to the root. Said, you will never kill the dandelions unless you get to the root. And I started thinking about that. When church, we have our children and family members who are not in church right now, 
But when we pray for them, and we, 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 uh, they hear us praying, and when they hear worship music, it's not even my notes. When my kids were younger, three kids in three different schools, and I didn't put on worship music, I'm making a peanut butter sandwich, peanut butter and jelly sandwich for this one. Dad, I don't eat peanut butter and jelly. You got the wrong one. All right, I'll give you ham and Swiss. I don't want ham and Swiss. I want turkey and American. And turkey, and we get crazy. But when I would play worship music, everything went smoothly. I cannot figure it out. But everything went smoothly when I played worship music. So the first thing I would do is get up and worship music, turn it up as loud as I can. It didn't matter who it was. I just needed some worship music. And so my kids heard it. They heard it. And when they heard it, they realized that for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And so it got in them. They may not have understood it, but it got in them. See, it's rooted in them, and they're planted in it. It just didn't come to fruition, to, to flourishing. And so when I'm preparing this message, I'm thinking like, do you know how many kids that we have that we pray for that are out there, and we should continue to do that? But it's rooted in them. We got to pray for them. And here's the thing. The enemy thinks that he's going to be able to snatch them. But John 10, verses 28 says, and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. And I said, God, I just thank you because I'm telling you that the enemy thinks he's won. The problem is for some of our kids and for some of us, it's been rooted in us too long and the enemy can't overcome and take it. So when you have a child like I do, have a child that's out there and, it, and they're not living for God, or you have a child that's out there and it's looking crazy right now. If you have a child that's out there and, and, and they're strung out on something or they'll never come back to God, I'm telling you now, it's rooted in them. You continue to pray for them because I used to say, God, how long is it going to take for you to do the work that you said that you would do? How long is it going to take? And this is what God said to me. That, that child that's not living for God, you lose faith. How about this one, James? Red Sea, dry land. If I can do that, I can get to your child. I would say, God, how is it that they're looking crazy right now? He would go, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fiery furnace, went in, came out. If I can do that, I can take care of your child. But what about the ones that are strung out? He's like, walked on water and didn't drown. If I can do that, I can take care of your child. Well, God, I don't think they're ever gonna come back. 20,000 people, fish sandwich, fed them all, leftovers. And so I'm like, okay, God, you can do it because I'm telling you it's rooted in there because here's what's gonna happen. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, it says, no, I can see. No hear, ear can hear, no heart can prepare for the things the Lord has for those who love him. So that child that's out there that's not living right, they may come in here and be on a worship team. You don't know. That child that's out there looking crazy right now, they can be an usher or greeter. You don't know. That child that's out there that's just strung out, they can come in here and be serving on Mission Brew. You don't know. That child that's out there that's been acting crazy and mom and grandma have been praying over them, you never know. They may be on a stage at Evangel Temple preaching the word of God, but you just continue to pray for them because they're rooted. It just hasn't taken fruition. Amen? You starting to understand this? Now what? Now, now what? This is a God moment because I never heard anybody talk about this. I never even saw it before. God showed me. My third point is being rooted can change the atmosphere. And he showed me a word. Man, is it hot up here. He showed me a word. Have any of you, just raise your hand, have any of you ever heard of a word called transpiration? That's what I thought. Because I never heard it either. Let me give you the definition. Transpiration, the passage of watery vapor from a living body, as of a plant, 
through a membrane or pores. I'll repeat it. The passage of water vapors from a living body, as of a plant, through a, member, a membrane or pores. And I have a picture. I believe we have the picture. I think we have a picture. I have a picture. Yeah. You know what that is? Listen. To me. That's the rainforest in, South, in, in, in uh, Central America and South America. That's the rainforest. Why did I show you that picture? Because at the rainforest, it talks about transpiration. Stay with me, man. God showed this to me. I was, I, I was, I was crying. Here's what happens in transpiration. Trees grow their roots down. But the reason that there's only so many rainforests in, in, on the earth is because under the rainforest, there's waters and streams. And the trees, they go down and they tap into that water. And when they tap into that water, it pulls up oxygen and it pulls up water droplets and it releases into the air. That's why it rains. If they wanted licorice, they would tap down the licorice and shoot licorice. If they wanted Gatorade, they tap down into the Gatorade and would shoot Gatorade. But what they want most is the water. So when those trees go down and tap into the water, they come up and they put something out and it rains. I'm going to say a statement. You're going to make James, are you crazy? The rainforest is not the rainforest because it rains. The rainforest is called the rainforest because the trees determine what the atmosphere is going to do. That's what they do. The trees all together are tapping down into the water and they're saying, we're going to tap down to this water. We want water to come down to replenish us and we'll keep tapping down into the water. And I was like, oh my goodness. Again, the rainforest isn't the rainforest because it rains. It's the rainforest because the trees determine what the atmosphere is going to look like. And God spoke to me. He said, James, what if we had people who were rooted in city council, who were rooted in the mayor's office, who were rooted on sports teams, who were rooted in the police department, rooted on the north side, on the west side, downtown, south side, the beach, and they were able to tap into the water. We would be able to change the atmosphere in Jacksonville, Florida. There's a scripture where God says, I have it here somewhere. God says, I will use the foolish things of the world to confine the wise. What he's saying is, I'll use foolish things to show you who I am. How come the trees understand we can all come together and we can tap into the living water and we can determine the atmosphere? But humans don't understand that. And Pastor Jordan was talking about it today or last night about the 750,000 people that are out there who've never stepped foot in a church or stepped foot in a church and had a bad experience. And that's who we want to reach. But there are 750,000 people who are out there who won't go to church. And I understand. I understand. Because there are some of them that went into a church and they said, man, you got on corn rolls. We don't do that around here. You can't come in here with that. Oh, hey man, you got piercings, man. You can't, you can't, you cannot come in here with that. There's no way. You can't come in here. We're a predominantly black church, predominantly white church, predominantly Latin church, probably Native American church, uh, Asian church. We, we can't, you can't come in here. You got too many tattoos. You can't come in here. And speaking of tattoos, there was a young woman here about three or four months ago. And I was in the lounge and I was talking to somebody and she had a, a skirt on about this high. It wasn't anything disrespectful. She had a skirt about this high. She had a sleeve, a long sleeve tattoo 
went all the way down her leg and it was colorful and she had left and I wanted to run up to her and say, would you please come and serve with us? And she looked at me like, why do you want me? I was like the tattoo. I want you to come and serve with us right in the front door with your tattoos. And she would have said, why? I said, do you know how many people have gone to church and have left because they felt uncomfortable because they had on tattoos? And I'm like this, not at Evangel Temple. We accept you. I put the tattoos right in the front door. You got cornrows, you go in the front door. You got blue hair, you go in the front door. You got piercings, you go to the front door. Because here's why. They're going to come in, they're going to be like, the first thing they say is, is this church going to accept me? That's why we have the different colors of, of people at the door. Old, young, black, Latin, Asian, Native American. We have them all there. So when people come in, they're not like, there's a white church. Like, come on, you know how we do. There's a white church, a black one. <laughs> no, what the heck? Let me just go in here. Okay? That's why we want people to come to church. But I understand that they won't come because they don't feel comfortable. But church, here's what we need to do as a church. We need to be able to come together, tap down into the living water where we can change the trajectory and the atmosphere of this place called Jacksonville, Florida. Can you give God a hand clap? Give him a hand clap. See, because here's what I've learned. Here's what I've learned. The wants, I'm going to save that. I'm going to save that. Let me move on. Let me move on. Watch this. Number four. Eight minutes. It's still in you. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you. Say, everyone say, in you. It's in you. Watch this. Timothy has a grandmother, Lois and Eunice, and they passed it down. Everyone say, passed down. They passed down the word of God. And if you read Acts chapter 16, uh, it's written that, that I don't know if it's his grandmother or his mother. It's coming up. It's like, hey, they honored the church. They honored the church. And so it's passed down. And I don't know if Timothy was drugged to church like I was, kicking and screaming and everything, but it got passed down. And watch this. When I was studying this message, passed down, I, I looked at moms who take certain drugs while they're pregnant. I was just looking at it. Stay with me, please. When I started researching moms who are pregnant, if they have a, a cocaine addiction and they are doing cocaine while the baby is in the womb, it gets passed down. And that child will have defects or some kind of withdrawal because it was passed down through the fallopian tubes in the, in the womb. If a mom is alcoholic while she's pregnant, that baby, it would be passed down, maybe alcoholism or shakes or whatever it is, it gets passed down. If a mom is smoking while pregnant, it gets passed down into the, through the fallopians right here to the, that, that child, and that child gets those effects. And I was reading that. God was dealing with me. Because what I couldn't understand is how this stuff gets passed down to the child and they didn't even ask for it. How this stuff gets passed down to the child and they were just being a child. It gets passed down 
through the fallopians and into the child. It gets passed down. They didn't even, it's like it's unfair that they got that stuff passed down to them and they didn't do anything. Stay with me. So, when I was studying this message, God said to me, I want you to research this and I want you to look at this. And I looked at it. And there's a scripture in John chapter three, verse three. It says, Jesus answered and said to him, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So I was like, unless one is not born again, unless he's born again, he see the kingdom of God. So in other words, if you're born again, you have to be a baby. Born again, you have to be a baby. Watch this church. So this is what God said to me. He said, and when you were a kid, you were kicking and screaming to go to church and you didn't want to go, you didn't even like it, you didn't understand it, it didn't make sense to you, I would get more whoopings because I would go to church and leave church and go outside and play football with the kids across the street in a suit. And I'd come on, my suit would be all dirty. But my mother, and watch this, but my mother and my grandmother, they would grab me and they would drag me to church. And because they would grab me and drag me to church, I became a babe in Christ. And so God was telling me, son, don't you understand? Because you were drugged to church and you were a baby to become a, a Christian, you are a drug baby. Now, son, let me share with you what has been passed down because you're a drug baby in church. Here's what's been passed down. The peace of God has been passed down. I can do all things through Christ Jesus was passed down. I'm the Lord God of all mankind. Is there anything too hard for me was passed down. Greater is he who's in the world, or greater is he who's in me than he is in the world was passed down. I learned how to tithe. That was passed down. I learned how to pray. That was passed down. I learned how to not forsake the assembling of God's people. That was passed down. It was nothing that I did and it was nothing that no one else did. It was because my mother and my grandmother drug me to church. So I'm standing here today as a drug baby and God and Jesus Christ have taken me and used it. It was passed down and it wasn't even fair. It wasn't even fair. Do you know how many drug babies we have here in this church who've been drugged to church? didn't understand what was going on. And as light sets in, because I truly believe the scripture that says, raise your child in the way they should go, and when they get older, they will not depart. Here's the way I read that scripture. Raise your child in the way they should go, and when they get out into the world, and they think they're smarter than you as a parent, and they realize that nobody loves them like mom and dad, and they realize they just can't walk into somebody's house and get something to eat, and they realize that the laundry just doesn't multiply, then they'll come back. And that's what I had to learn. And I'm telling you, when I read that, God said, son, you're a drug baby, and it's passed down to you. Now watch this, because here's the most important part. God said to me, he said, because you lived out there in the world, you understand the atmosphere. I was at a church one time, thank you. I was in a church one time, and there was these guys, about six or seven African-American guys, in front of the church, they were church. They had throwback jersey, one had a Miami Dolphin jersey, one had a Tampa Bay jersey, one had a, uh, um, a Jaguar jersey, one had a Saints jersey. Gold front uh, grill in their mouth, bandanas on their head, and they came three or four weeks in a row. And in my head, I was like, wow, at least they're coming to church. But no one would talk to them. So I just walked out there and I went and talked to them. And if you've been around me, you know, I was just like, hey man, I like your shirt. That's a great show, you know. I was messing with my son. You know, the Bible says, uh, once you tasted the Pittsburgh Steelers, you know, then you can, and they're like, oh, man. But we, st watch this. we started to develop a relationship. We started talking. I went to lunch with a few of them. All of a sudden, they got baptized. 
And here's what God told me. Because you understood their atmosphere, you went out and you talked to them, you ministered to them. Because you understood, it changed the trajectory of their atmosphere. They came to know God and they got baptized. What am I saying? There are some of you in here who are drug babies who lived out in the world and God has forgiven you. Now you're the ones that are supposed to go out in the atmosphere that you're used to and talk to them and it changes the, director, the trajectory of the atmosphere. You're the drug baby. You're the one. God wants to do it with you. You're the drug baby. So you can go out and bring people in. And I don't spell it D-R-U-G, I spell it J-R-U-G. Because when you spell it J-R-U-G, it causes conversation. Because people will come up to me and they'll be like, James, you're a college professor and you're spelling drug wrong. I'll be like, uh-uh, uh-uh. Well, why do you spell it that way? Well, if you really want to know, amen? And so when I was preparing this, God was, he, he was dealing with me. He said, you're the drug baby. James, you're the drug baby, and it's okay. But there are gonna be people that parents have been praying for that I'm gonna use you to go into their atmosphere and change the whole trajectory. And when you do that, the atmosphere is called Jesus Christ. Amen. Worship team, you can come out. Please come out. Because I wanna pray. But God was really dealing with me. Because for years I used to think, man, I can't go to church. I don't want to go to church. Y'all are crazy. The drug dealers I hang out with, and I never sold drugs, but the drug dealers I hang out with, the guys and the shooting and the guns and all that stuff. And now you're going to use me? And now I go to them. And I pray with them. And I talk with them. And I say to them, listen, man, God is not a respecter of persons. If he did it for me, he can do it for you but I have to have access to them. There are some of you in here who are drug babies that I don't have access to the person that you wanna to minister to. I don't have access to a single mom. I don't know what that's like. I don't have access to somebody who's an alcoholic. I don't know what that's like. I don't have access to somebody who is addicted. I don't know what that's like. But I know what it's like to be poor, living in the projects, but still see your mother and your grandmother praying loving, uh, uh, feeding, and clothing. And that's why Jesus said, it, th th that what you do to the least of them, you do unto me. And so here's what I want you to do. I want you to all stand up. I want you to all stand up. Please, all stand up. Because as I was preparing this, God, this is, this is what he told me. He said, son, I want you to pray for those people, bring them down, who either has a family member who's out there and they're going through a tough time. Two, I want you to pray for people who have already been out there, but now they're sitting in here and give them the courage and the faith and the strength to trust in Jesus Christ so they can go out there. Because last but not least, what God told me, he said, because I want to tell them, that's what God told me, that not only, not only the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, but I'm also the God of that crazy, running his mouth, fighting all the time, getting in trouble, James Price. I'm his God too. And people need to see that there's the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob in you. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're in here, if you're in here, and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and your Savior, I'm not saying you know who he is, you have to know him as your Lord and your Savior.
I say this every time I speak. Luke chapter 12, verse 8. Jesus said, if you deny me, if you deny me before man, I'll deny you in front of my Father in heaven. And I just honestly believe that if you can't stand for Jesus in a church, there's no way you're going to do it out there. So if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, or you think you messed up your relationship or whatever, if that's you, I want you to signify just by raising a quick hand. Just by raising a quick hand. Yes, I see. I see. You can put those hands down. Let me pray for you. And for those of you that already have a relationship, I want you to repeat after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you for coming into my life. I ask for forgiveness of sin. I thank you for the blood that was spilt for me. God, help me every day to take up my cross and follow you. Father, I'm not where I want to be, but I'm not where I used to be. In Jesus' name. Here's what I want to pray for some other folks. If you're in here, again, and there are people that you need to minister to, or you have a family member that needs to come back, I'm telling you, you continue to pray for them because it's rooted. It just hasn't flourished yet. It's planted. It hasn't flourished. And if that's you, because I'm coming down here too, I want you to come down here. We're going to have some people pray for you on a count of three. One, two, three. You can come on down that altar.